0: Warning, the podcast Under the Stairs is not safe for work We'll feature movie spoilers and language which most listeners may find offensive Brought to you in conjunction with Legion Podcast Network Welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs Hi everyone, and welcome to the podcast under the stairs. This is bonus episode number sixty-three. I'm your host, Duncan McLeish, and welcome to the show. Now, bonus episode sixty-three is kind of one of these weird. Didn't plan to do it, but kind of felt like a good idea. Let's see if we can get the t puts listenership involved, and you guys stepped up like a group of badass motherfuckers so what we'll be doing on this episode is really a reply or response to my top 20 of 2017. I asked you guys to submit top 5 lists of your favourite horror movies of 2017 and up until today I think I had about 5 and today I got about another 10 sent in so you guys officially kick ass, you already knew that but you officially kick ass and I'm very much looking forward to counting down the lists of the listeners to see do we agree on certain titles? other titles on here that I haven't even seen yet? What will be the surprise titles in the lists? What are going to be the universal of course that's on your lists and what are going to be the ones where I'm like really? Really dear listener? Really? You can't see me but my eyes are looking quizzical almost like The Rock when he's smelling what is cooking my eyebrow is arched rather exaggerated and comical. But yeah, we're going to count them down on this very special bonus episode of the podcast under the stairs. Also on this episode, I'm going to be throwing in a little uh, quickie review of a little movie called Insidious 4. The last key, or the lost key, or the final key, or somebody's lost their key. Uh, this isn't my key. Um, is this the key of C-sharp? Uh, yeah, the, whatever the name of the movie is, we're going to be doing a little review of that. Went to see it at the cinema this week. I am um, now officially, I've seen them all, all the Insidious movies, and um, yeah, if you follow me on Facebook, you probably know that I wasn't enamoured by this one, and I'll give my details why in a non-spoiler and then a further spoiler review for those that have been up to check it. So yeah, a nice jam-packed bonus episode of the podcast Under the Stairs with your top five horror movies of 2017 from the list that you guys sent in, as well as my review of Insidious 4 but I'm going to keep this intro super short because I want this episode to be nice, short, sharp and punchy ahead of the tons of stuff we've got coming out before this month finishes so I'm going to take my first break of this episode you're going to hear promos for shows that I love, you're going to hear a little bit of music that I'm going to fling in there when I come back we're going to do the first half of the listeners lists, their top five movies of 2017, all that and more coming right up right after this.
1: Hello, this is the Doom Show. Keep on keeping on and keep on trucking, America. We don't listen to our feedback because we don't get any. (laughs) (laughs) The truth hurts. I just alienated the two people that give us constant feedback. Sorry, guys. (laughs) That's gotta go. (laughs) That's gotta go in there. So on the show, uh, we talk about giallo movies and slasher movies and cult movies. Sometimes we even talk about Cameron Mitchell and his movies. I am Richard, who are you? I am Brad, the guy that's not Richard, or Jeffrey, or Simon. That's right, we have four people, and we always talk at once, except to each other. Jeffrey lives up north, Simon lives across the world, Richard lives in Penis, Alabama hello this is the doom show is a proud member of the legion podcast network check out the other shows on legionpodcast.com you can check out more hello this is the doom show at hellodoomshow.podomatic.com or at doommoviethon.com check for our amazon exclusive hello this is the doom show cookbook do you like hot dogs <laughs> we got them do you like mac and cheese we got it do you like cheddar we have it Actually, we don't. No, no cheddar. Just Colby. Colby Jack. Hello, this is The Doom Show. We never gave up on you because you never gave up on us.
2: Wow. Around just now! One white eye! He says to strike! Understand? he's has been Into which we all fit! You understand? That if the fucking man, he'll miss it all over again! There's no escape He will claim his rights He's all around us now The way they He's just a snake There's no escape Stop!
0: Here we go, this is the first half of the listeners top, I was going to say top 5, some of you sent in top 20s, some of you sent in top 10s, some of you sent in top 15s Um, and I'm going to read them all out because it's a bonus episode and I'm not going to shorten them down to 5 because I feel that I'm doing an injustice to you by raising questions of why didn't so and so pick this, well you're going to get the full one. So let's kick us off, first Gav, our good buddy Gav T, uh, he submitted a top 20 list. Bear with me ladies and gents, let's count down Gav's list. Number 20, Among the Living. I don't think I've seen that one, so that's one that's now official on my list of movies to see. Number 19, Inner Demon. Yep, not seen that one either. Uh, number 18, The Bar or L Bar, directed by um, Alex Iglesia. I loved that movie, I thought it was fucking brilliant, he's on, a, he's on a tear at the moment. He is executively producing a movie that is appearing at Glasgow Fest this year which I can't wait to see. Number 17, The Belco Experiment, that's a whole hell of a lot of fun that movie. 16, Another Evil, I don't think I saw that one either. Gav, your list is a bit more comprehensive than mine. Uh, Number 15, Better Watch Out, love that movie. Number 14, Creep 2, I love that movie. Uh, Number 13, Boys in the Trees. I think it was Gav that told me about Boys in the Trees and I thoroughly enjoyed that one as well. At number 12, 1922. At number 11, Dark Song, I love that movie so much. You'll hear me review it with my guest, Boz, um, on Monday. On Monday's episode of the podcast, Under the Stairs and here is Gav's top 10, at number 10, 47 meters down making a lot of top 10 lists, that's a pretty fun, uh, sharp movie with a totally bleak badass ending number 9, Super Dark Times number 8, Gerald's Game number 7, The Babysitter, which was this I think shocked everyone um, G did a movie, which was fun and a horror movie at that um, number 6, Personal Shopper, fucking love that movie Number five is Devil's Candy. Number four is Split, the M-Night Shyamalan outing. He's currently working on his sequel to Split and the third installment of that trilogy. It'll be really interesting to see where that one goes. And number three, oh yes, Gav, me and you. <sighs> Soapy hand jobs all round, it raw. And number two is Get Out, which means number one at the top of Gav's list is it. The highest-grossing horror movie of all time maybe, (laughs) we're not quite sure, the jury's still out in that one I think when you've claimed 700 million at the box office you're probably the most, you know, the highest grossing horror movie of all time but what do I know? What do I know, ladies and gents? What does does this guy know? This guy knows nothing Uh, Right, let's let's kick in, let's get some more lists from you guys out there and up next we have um, a little list that came in from... David Mitchell Garrett Jr Um, and this is his list Counting down he'd sent in a top 15 list and number 15 Annabelle Creation that movie is seriously a lot better than I expected it to be I fucking thoroughly loved that one at the cinema number 14 Much Respect and Much Love for Hounds of Love number 13 Never Hike Alone that was the fan um, the fan film of Friday the 13th, that's a tongue twister isn't it, a lot of F's in there, uh, which is excellent uh, some people would argue better than some of the sequels, I would find it difficult to argue against that. Um, and number 12, 1922, the Stephen King adaptation straight to Netflix. Number 11, The Shape of the Water, still not out in the UK, doesn't come out until Valentine's Day over here. At number 10, The Void, that made a lot of top 10 lists, not for me I'm afraid. Uh, number 9, again was Spit, and uh, Spit, Split, sorry, Split is a different movie um, One that's a bit more seedier with a X rating uh, Split by M. Night Shyamalan Number 8, Get Out Number 7, The Belko Experiment Number 6, Gerald's Game Number 5, and David, me and you are best friends for life, he shoved a little bit of model, uh, and there Number 4, The Devil's Candy, you sir rock bow. Number 3, It number two, um, so much respect for this movie, it would have been in my top five for sure had it not come out in 2016 in the UK but The Black Coats Daughter aka February Uh, and number one on this man's list, hella respect Raw fucking awesome, thank you very much for that David, that's a pretty fucking impeccable list Uh, if I do see so myself, a couple of ones mate, top ten there that we share I'm now calling us brothers forever um and that's you're just stuck with that title from now on so yeah hi brother dave uh okay next one up kieran mitchell sent his in today he sent in a top five but with a couple of honorable mentions so we'll get his honorable mentions out the way first his first one is the void it's already been up on a few lists already uh, also prevenge i'm reviewing prevenge along with a dark song on monday's episode kieran so you, hopefully you're gonna have a ton of fun with that and also on his honorable mentions list 1922 here is his top five at number five highest grossing horror movie of all time IT at number four another entry for M. Night Shyamalan's Split at number three Devil's Candy Uh, number two Raw and number one Get Out so we share our top two uh, Kieran, and that is why I love you and you can never leave the show you can be my personal fluffer and that is not an accolade that I give out to many people out with Baz and Baz uses his teeth to fluff and that is not good Uh, (laughs) right um, our good buds from over at Scott and Liam vs Evil dropped their top 10 episode today uh, which will be tomorrow by the time this episode drops because I'm recording this on the Wednesday go and check their show out, it's fucking awesome Scott and Liam versus Evil they submitted their list to be mentioned on this show as well but I'm just going to read out names you need to go and check out their show to find out why they picked the movies where they did here we go, so this is Liam's list at number 10 Life, thoroughly enjoyed that movie and um, once again super bleak ending so yeah, well played Liam Uh, Number 9, Freehold, much respect for that movie Number 8, The Black Coat's Daughter, once again, fucking love that movie Number 7, Super Dark Times Number 6, and this is where I know that Liam is now my new fluffer, uh, is a dark song Uh, Number 5, A Cure for Wellness, I love the fact that that's on your list I, I really have a lot of time for that movie even though it has some big flaws for me, I, I was quite glad I put it on my top 20 list Number 4, and this is where I love you, The Killing of a Sacred Deer, that movie Fucking movie man uh, Number 3, A Ghost Story which I have not seen, uh, my copy arrived today I ordered it off the strength of the recommendations of Scott and Liam so um, if I don't like that movie you're due me three pints to pay for it uh, Number 2, Hymns of Love, I love you guys Uh, and number one, Get Out Uh, so we're sharing number ones there buddies and we can also take a look at Scott's top five list Scott had at number five, the highest grossing horror movie of all time in IT at number four, one that made my top 20 that not a lot of people are actually talking about The Transfiguration And number three, Much Love to Personal Shopper Um, I don't think anyone else has that on their list apart from me and you Dear Scott um, at number two, Get Out, um, so yeah, that one's universally just been praised by everyone. I'm glad to see that Scott and Lean guys enjoyed it as much as I did. And at number one, like I say, I bought the, the Blu-ray off the back of your recommendation, so it better not suck, um, is A Ghost Story. So that is Scott's number five. Once again, check out that episode of Scotland Lean vs versus Evil to get more detail into their full top ten and why they picked them. Um, next one in from Justin Alba he gave us a top five list his top five list at number five is Devil's Candy at number four is Prevenge and number three is Population Zero which I saw this year and really enjoyed actually I thought it was quite a creepy found footage full documentary movie that no one really is reviewing or have seen uh, but it's definitely worth checking out at number two and Justin You're My Homie For Life uh, is a dark song, love that movie and at number one is Get Out, Get Out Um, uh, he's left a little comment here saying going to see in the cinema uh, with his 13 year old daughter It for the first time was special though and Gerald's game and we go on too so that's his honourable mentions so there we go that runs down the first group of your top 5, top 10s, top 15s honourable mentions from the listeners of the Teaputs listenership Um, we're going to take a very short break just now Um, And when I return after promos for shows that I love, I'm going to be giving you a little review of Insidious Part 4, or Chapter 4, and I'll be right back to do that right after this. Do you
1: like movie reviews that are insightful, thought-provoking, and delivered by somebody who's trained to critically dissect every aspect of a motion picture without ever having to use obscenities? And you've got the wrong f-ing show. Kruger Nation Horror Podcast is ready to feed your slasher movie and exploitation needs. There'll be more blood, expletives, and titties than you can shake your grandma's beetle flaps at. Visit www.krugernation.com. H-
2: with matters that can't be explained. Come to me. These hauntings can be terrifying things. I should know I have faced many evils in my life. This was different though, the haunted house. is my family's house. further this way
1: i don't have memories from this place i have
2: scars i am going to find it and i'm going to finish it at least there's someone right in front of you i don't see anything
0: Careful. You're going to touch it. And welcome back. So, you just heard the trailer for Insidious Chapter Four, AKA The Last Key, released. Um, This week, um, (laughs) funnily enough in the UK, uh, it was released in 2018 so this is a brand new movie so we're going to be throwing in a spoiler tag so keep your ears open (laughs) during this podcast because when I kick out that spoiler tag I will be going into detail about some of what happens in this movie so make sure you're listening and paying attention so I do not spoil this movie for you if you want to check it out so this movie is written by Lee Winnell who's written all of these movies I think at this point he directed the previous one it's directed by Adam Robital who directed um, The Taking of Deborah Logan which a movie we thoroughly loved on the podcast under the stairs, both myself and the banners. The movie stars Lynn Shea, Lee Winnell, Angus Sampson, Kirk Avisado, uh, Caitlin Gerard, Spencer Locke, Josh Stewart, Tessa Ferrer, uh, Alec Reed, Ava Calker, uh, Pierce Pope, Bruce Davidson. Some of the folks are in this movie. Javier uh, Botet plays Keyface. Um, and he is quite an interesting character we've already spoken a little bit about him today uh, Avi Botet is in a little movie called Two Pigeons aka Freehold. Uh, he plays the creepy guy that's hiding in the walls in the walls synopsis for this one on IMDB is Parapsychologist Dr Elise Rainier faces her most fearsome and most personal haunting yet in her own family home so this is the non-spoiler review um, and like I say I posted this on Facebook, I am not the biggest Insidious franchise fan Um, the first movie I thought was two thirds of a really interesting, dark, scary little movie and one third of a I don't know why this is in here, it doesn't fit up tonally sort of movie and I I didn't hate it but I didn't love it either, I kind of felt like it was a a missed opportunity for um, James Wan who directed the original movie. The second movie though was all that goofiness from that last third in one giant movie and I kind of got behind it if I'm honest. I uh, thought the second movie, in my opinion the second movie is the best at the entire franchise and the reason behind it is it is the right level of camp and the right level of over the top for me to get behind in a movie like that. I think they finally in my opinion found out what they were aiming for with the series and they went with it. There was a couple of decent kind of what the fuck moments in it, but for the most part I thought it was really really cool. Part 3 on the other hand, um, so part 2 finishes with this massive cliffhanger and we're like oh I can't wait to see the next instalment. Uh, part 3 comes along as a prequel and um, yeah you cannot make a prequel to a horror movie which pretends to put characters in peril that I know for a fact are in the first instalment that comes after this timeline and know nothing happens to them because they're safe. And that was my issue with that movie. Like the scares that they were trying to get to me on those certain characters did not work because I know that no one's in danger, uh, except maybe the the person they're trying to help. No one's in danger in that movie. Um, And whilst there was a couple of things that I thought were interesting about the movie, overall it just felt flat. You know, I I could see the seams of all the scares they were trying to set up, and it became a very frustrating watch. And unfortunately, that's where I land with the last key as well, which is a sequel to that prequel but still technically a prequel nonetheless. It's set some months before the first Insidious movie and the frustrating factor comes in for me that I like the cast of this movie. I like Tucker and I like Specs. I think they're quite an interesting comic relief that I can kind of get behind. I love how they've fleshed out those characters. Lee Whannell's done a good job of that even though he's playing uh, Specs. He's, he's done quite well at fleshing them out and giving them that kind of the comic relief to off- offset the scares. Uh, sorry and um, I love Lin Shay. I would watch Lin and in anything I think it's great that she's getting an opportunity after her years of service to the horror genre to get a chance to be front and centre in these movies and she's easily the most interesting character in this movie as well my issues come with two big um, holes I think that they need to fix in order to make these prequels interesting. One of them is, once again, they're trying to set up characters and put them in peril, which doesn't work for me because I know that three months later when they're insidious they're fine. So no one's losing a limb here, if you know what I mean. Um, And the second thing is, I think this movie opens super fucking strong. I thought the first ten minutes were powerful, intense, scary. And then the rest of the movie grinds to a halt and it kind of trods along and it plays with some ideas that some of the previous installments have about um kind of specters influencing the actions of of people to make them do horrible things but it just takes too long to get there i think the key monster is a great idea a great concept and a great look we just don't see a lot of it Uh, and when we do see a lot of it it's dispatched in a way which Feels like a bit of a cop out, and if you're a horror fan, you will you will know how this creature is dispatched in the first five minutes, because I turned around and said that I know how this movie's going to end, and it's exactly how it ended. So it was a frustrating watch for me because, like I say, I think there's there's about two or three storylines in here that, on their own, fleshed out would be dark, twisted, gnarly little installments, nice little cases they could work on. Um, and they kind of just throw them in and they're disposable and I'll go into a bit more detail when we do the spoiler review on it but I just feel felt like it was dragging its feet it felt the whole movie felt like it had an anchor tied around it and it was desperately trying to pull against this anchor with no strength to pull it along um, and as a result it finished and it's a well-constructed horror movie I mean it's shot well, the acting's good, the dialogue's good um, but the story's just a bit crap uh, and that's the frustrating thing for me. Four movies into this one, we should be tightening things up, aiming for what we want. Um, certainly, they're kind of going back for a darker tone and content, like they did in the previous movie. I just don't think they fully commit to it. And you need to go one way or the other with these movies, I think. And that's why I quite like the second movie uh, of the whole lot, is because the second one went full in one direction. Yes, it's campy, yes, it's goofy, but I, I applaud the commitment to go full in one direction and not the other. So yeah if I had to give it a grade, a Netflix grade, this one unfortunately gets two and a half stars from me, Um, I didn't really like it, I can't say I hated it but I struggle to say I like it as well, it's somewhere in between like and didn't like for me and um, I think there will be a fifth one, I think the fifth one will be the sequel to part two. Um, and I'll be interested to see where they go with that because that was a story I really wanted to see and they've delayed it two movies now so we'll see how that goes so check your time code now I'm about to spoil things see when I'm going to come back and do some more top 10s or top 5s or top 15s so watch I'm spoiling this movie now so yeah so the movie basically is set given the backstory of Alicia's character she grows up uh, in a house opposite Um, a maximum security penitentiary which has the electric chair which is murdering people yeah murdering I don't believe in capital punishment Um, and she's already in tune with ghosts so she knows who's dying she knows all these details and her mum seems to be okay with this knowledge I get the feeling that she may have picked up this gift from her mother's side her dad is having fucking none of it he's an alcoholic he's an abusive man who tries to beat her to admit that she does not see ghosts um, during one particular bad session um, he locks her in the basement and she's approached by a key monster uh, who basically says unlock this red door it's in her imagination and she does that and then she unleashes this creature unto this house uh, which results in the death of her mother and um, we'll later see her a bit older her dad tries to once again beat her and she runs away leaving her younger brother in the hands of the abusive father Uh, We then jump forward in time about three months before Insidious starts um, and she has this nightmare about the house, she's a call from the new owner of this house to go back and sort things out and sure enough when she goes there there's a case that unfolds. I'm not going to go too much more into all the ins and outs of the plot, suffice to say she uncovers um, an existing serial killer and has to face down her demons. Uh, In the form of the key monster, uh, whilst trying to mend the relationship with her estranged brother. And all this is happening, and there's not enough scares. The scares, there's a lot of false scares, which I kind of liked at first, but they overuse that technique in a way which doesn't feel satisfying. I thought the jump scares were pretty poor, if I'm honest. Um, they didn't work on me at all and it's not because I saw them telegraphed. In the past Insidious has managed to get a couple of jump scares at me, these movies not so much. Um, The thing that really pissed me off, I mean really really pissed me off uh, and this is a huge spoiler so please tell me that you're not listening to this and have not seen the movie. During this movie we find out that our father is a fairly, Lynch's father is found out to be by her a massive prolific serial killer that has butchered and murdered many many women. and this doesn't appear anywhere else in the story after it, she doesn't relay this information to her brother and a couple of months later she's back at work as if nothing happened. What the fuck? What the fuck? This is why I don't like prequels. You cannot do this to a character in their backstory and this character is just going to brush off the fact that they abandoned their brother with a multiple serial killing father and that's not going to have some sort of impact on her performance in the first movie, which she seems fairly well adjusted in that movie. Um, also the timeline is a bit sketchy, by this point she'd be up to her tits, um, her lynchie tits and in FBI investigations, potentially a book deal, the house that I escaped. She seems to be struggling for money, not anymore, her father's been found it to be a very prolific serial killer. Doesn't make any sense. It's a needless thing they throw in there. They throw in it and then never address it after that? and I'm looking at it going, this is a huge revelation, this is your movie! You go back to the house, try and fight off some guilt, fuck the key monster, your dad was a serial killer, let's free the spirits from the house of the people that your father has murdered, nah, nah, let's not address it, let's just throw it away. Lynch is brilliant in the movie, Tucker and Specs are brilliant in the movie, the rest of the cast excellent, Um, plot drags, it really 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 drags, it tries to link up that this is... Something that's passed down through the family—it's not handled very well. Her niece's ability to, all of a sudden, acquire a special set of skills and the uh, further, like Lynchy really, really quickly, is very surprising to me. Um, and the whistle, bringing back the dead mother, reveal in this movie—I felt was telegraphed pretty much from. The first five minutes when i saw it i was like that's how the movie's gonna end and it's exactly how the movie ended so it was very very frustrating quite like the way they linked it back into insidious at the end i just think some of the details they put in there make it feel like it doesn't fit anymore um so yeah i stick with my two and a half so there we go that was my review of insidious chapter four aka the last key i'm gonna take another break when i come back we're counting down more lists of your movies on the podcast under the stairs coming right back after promos for shows that i love another bit of music i'll be right back right after this
3: badasses boobs and body counts is a weekly podcast that discusses all things grindhouse exploitation drive-in and b-movies your three hosts mike
1: we're going to discuss the renee martinez directed picture the six thousand dollar Last what? Time. wait whoa, whoa, whoa that's the name of the Super movie that's, that's Brother. when you that's, start look the movie at your dvd cover when you start the movie the first thing that's that comes up is it the title and it says six
4: thousand dollar
1: mark and i've been around a girl stroking a horse's dick somehow somewhere down the line i'm gonna use that clip against you
4: shh <laughs>
1: <Good>. <laughs> please do And listener favorite Iris. The deployment sock. And I'm like, deployment sock? What the fuck is a
2: deployment sock? He goes, you know that sock that you just use? Oh
4: my God, you guys are so gross. <laughs> See,
2: so it happens for real. People
3: do come inside. Will make you question your political correctness while laughing at theirs. Episodes drop Sunday and can be found by searching for BB and BC podcast via iTunes, Lipson, Stitcher, Google Play Music, and everywhere else you can download quality podcasts from. You can also listen to episodes directly from the show's website at bbnbcpodcast.com.
0: welcome back so let's do some more lists over here right next one comes in from our good buddy Willis Wheeler aka Wildman Willis he has a top 10 list he's also included a honorable mention Death Note which he enjoyed a hated list of Mother Elf Amity The Awakening Jeepers Creepers 3 and Man Vengeance but let's talk about Willis's top 10 number 10 Jigsaw can't say I like that movie Willis. Uh, number 9 Happy Death Day, Love that movie Willis. Uh, number 8 Gerald's Game, good call. Number 7 Circus Kane. didn't see that one, uh, might have to have a little chat with you off here and find out what that one's about. Uh, number 6 The Void, meh. Uh, number 5 The Belko Experiment, it's a ton of fun. Number 4 Annabelle Creation, do like that movie sir. Number 3 Cult of Chucky, yes sir. Uh, Number two, Get Out and at number one, the highest grossing horror movie of all time, I'm just going to keep saying that, it is Stephen King's It. Very nice list, thank you very much to Willis Wheeler for sending that in. Up next, Tim Walker, he puts in a top five. At number five for him, The Void. At number four, The Devil's Candy.
4: (coughs) Number
0: three, Savage Land, which I saw a couple of weeks ago, I've just spoken about it with Bo. It's a really good fan footage movie for fans of movies in a similar vein to Lake Mungo in terms of style. Uh, it's really 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 good. And number two for Tim was Stephen King's It and at number one top in his list February aka The Black Coat's Daughter. Very nice sir, very very nice. Up next is Mike Pilgrim. He sent in a handwritten, dedication to the cause, handwritten? A screenshot. He has put in here for his top 5 of 2017, number 5 Annabelle Creation, he says yes I know, the shame, the shame, no shame at all sir, it is a really good movie, I really enjoyed it, I don't particularly like the ending but the rest of that movie solid as a rock.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Number 4 Alien Covenant, which I also thought was uh, undeserving of the hate that i got number three the babysitter number two creep 2 i do love that movie and number one the ritual you fucking have i went to see that cinema thoroughly enjoyed that one as well i thought that was a pretty bitching one uh, right let's move on another list another top five from our good buddy abraham ram and number five for him annabelle creation at number four m night Shyamalan's split and number 3, It Stains the Sand Red, I do enjoy that movie Abraham uh, And number 2 is Stephen King's It And at number 1, topping quite a few lists this year, is Get Out Right let's move on to our good buddy Michael McCloskey He says at number 5, 1922, the Stephen King adaptation straight to Netflix And number 4 is Get Out And number 3, Raw at number 2, Michael, me and you, bosom buds for life a dark song and at number one the devil's candy still to make its way to a physical format in the uk fuck knows what's happening there uh, up next andrew neil's top five at number five jigsaw at number four happy daddy it's your birthday and now you gotta pick up the phone um, at number three prevenge at number two a little bit of get out uh, and then number one stephen king's it, the highest grossing horror movie of all time. Uh, up next, Jamie Miskell's top five. Well, she said, I only got four, don't get to go to the cinema much, kids kind of ruined that for me. So her four are Happy Death Day, It's Your Birthday, and Now You Gotta Pick Up the Phone. Um, and number four, 1922. At number two uh, is Get Out. And at number one, top in the list, the highest grossing horror movie of all time, Stephen King's It. Uh, Let's jump across to the emails. This one comes in from our good buddy Donanelli aka Gorelord84 he's got a top 15 for this year. Number 15, Bethany. Number 14, 1974, The Possession of Altair. Uh, Number 13 was Needle 5, Global Swarming. Still to see everything past like part one. Uh, gore so one day I will need to do that. I might make a Russian roulette retrospective out of that. Um, at number 12, Don't Kill It with Big Dolph Lindgren, love that movie. Uh, number 11, Call It Chucky, love that movie. Number 10, Tragedy Girls which is still to come out in the UK. Uh, at number 9, It Stains The Sand Red, Amen Brother. And uh, Number 8 is Mick The Babysitter number seven the black room number six is happy death day and by the way it's your birthday and now you gotta pick up the phone um, at number five is the devil's candy bowdy bowdy bow number, f- <laughs> number four is satan's slaves um, number, which is what I call my dogs and uh, number three is another wolf cop still to get a release in the UK loved wolf cop though so I'm looking forward to that uh, number two uh, was a little movie called It, you may have heard of it, 700 million US dollars at the box office uh, and at number one is Koduku Meatball Machine, never heard of it so I will keep my eyes peeled for that movie, that one sounds like it could be a ton of what the kids call fun and next in from Ryan Jennings, he says good evening teapots. 2017 saw some great horror movies that were definitely a break from the norm of either film footage or torture porn. I also discovered your podcast in the later half of the year, so muchos gracias for that. Here is my top five of 2017. And number five, Split. I'm not a usually a fan of Shyamalan films of late, but this was a return to form, and I picked this up just for Jane McAvoy's performance alone. Number four, Hymns of Love, another Australian stunner. Some parts were tedious, but the more tense moments really got under my skin like no other film I've seen this year. Maybe because the particular songs played by Joy Division and Cat Stevens in the movie are quite personal to me. And number three, Creek Two. Mark Duplass has nailed the performance of a true creep yet again. Funny, bizarre and down, downright nerve wracking as a hard combination to pull off but it works so well. I wouldn't have bothered with the first one if it wasn't for the tons of recommendations from the podcast and the Facebook page. If you've not watched the first then you owe it to yourself. And number two, It. Remakes of classics fill me with dread and I couldn't see how anyone could ever top Tim Curry's portrayal of Pennywise but Bill Skarsgård makes the role his own. Wonderfully shot and brilliantly acted. A pretty long film but not once did I feel like it dragged. You could almost say it's like a modern horror classic. Red Balloon still creeped me out and the book terrified me when I read it as a teen and at number one on his list is Get Out. Not only the best horror movie of 2017 but the best movie of 2017 by a considerable margin. What can I say that has not already been said, a mesmerising performance by Daniel Kaluuya um, uh, which is Oscar worthy, one of the most enthralling horror thrillers I've watched in a very long time. If this is your directorial debut then you have an extremely bright future ahead of you. Jordan Peele, I salute you thanks T Putz, and all your listeners, here's to a horror-tastic 2018 from Ryan Jennings. Thank you very much Ryan. Next in is our good buddy George Cook. He says Duncan as requested, number 5, happy death day, fantastically entertaining with a great central performance, it's your birthday and now you gotta pick up the phone. Uh, number 4, 1922, a good old fashioned ghost story. Number three was Get Out, it was thrilling, funny and on so many levels. Number two, The Devil's Candy, yes Ethan Embry is amazing but so is the performance of Kira Glasgow who you really warm to and care when she's in peril. Number one for George was Hymns of Love, more thriller than horror but a tough watch nonetheless, a stellar cast and all round a quality song to end on. Honourable mentions were Never Hike Alone, the best Friday the 13th film never made and now it's my turn for a request can you give the underrated Christopher Smith filmography, some attention in 2018, keep up the good work man, cheers, thank you very much for that, George Cook And up next uh, comes in from Matt Jones who also submitted a top 5 list, he says Evening Duncan well it's been a great year for horror and even though there have been quite a few on your list I really want to see but haven't had a chance to yet, it was hard to narrow down a list to 5. So a few honourable mentions first, I really enjoyed Split, Creep 2, better watch Out in Cult of Chucky but here are my top 5 movies of 2017. At number 5 Happy Death Day. After the first half an hour I thought this was going to get too repetitive but I had a fair few surprises up its sleeve and even though I guessed the colour halfway through it was a lot of fun and I wanted to rewatch it pretty soon. It's your birthday and now you gotta pick up the phone. Number 4 Gerald's Game. This was a great Netflix adaptation with excellent performances by Carla Gugino and Bruce Greenwood I know I pronounced her name wrong, sorry, uh, who carried the whole film and that one gory bit, you know the one, was awesome. And number three, The Babysitter, another quality Netflix release that was an incredibly entertaining watch with solid performances and plenty of dark humour. And number two, It, yes, this was my favourite adaptation in this The Year of King, just about. The young performers got the character spot on and Bill Skarsgård was a brilliant Pennywise. I still love Tim Curry in the original miniseries but Skarsgård took it to new creepy places. And at number one on his list, surprise surprise, get out. It could be this for my number one and I'm glad that you agree. It's an excellent directorial debut for Jordan Peele with a top cast that keeps you guessing on the first viewing and also rewards on rewatch. It was such fun seeing it with a great crowd in the cinema and also with a good friend Ian McFadden who is also a listener, hi Ian, uh, when it was released on Blu-ray. Easily my favourite of the year. So it's going to take some doing to beat the last year in horror 2018, it's over to you. Thank you very much for that list Matt. Right, from here we're gonna go to our good buddy Dino. Dino says and his top five. Number five was The Babysitter. babysitter. Just for fun and sheer enjoyment I got from this film. Uh, Number four, The Devil's Candy. Stunning wee film for me, really kicks ass. (coughs) Number three is Gerald's Game. Took me a second watch but I got there. Number two, highest grossing horror movie of all time, It. Really had fun with this one, and the crowd in the cinema were really up for it. It's a great adaptation, and at number one on his list is Get Out, a modern masterpiece. It was classy. Enough said. He also says all these movies I've watched more than once, so they may, uh, so there are more in my mind than others. Uh, Also I haven't watched some movies in the past year like Raw, Brawl and Cell Block 99, The Killing of a Sacred Deer, by all accounts they probably would have made my top list as well. Thank you very much for submitting that list, Dino. Right up next is our good buddy Darren Wilson. Darren Wilson gives us his top five. Number five is the Belko Experiment. And number four, Blackcoat's Daughter, aka February for you UK listeners. Number three, Freehold. Much respect to Darren, because eh, that's a great little movie. Number two is Creep Two. Yeah, Mark Duplass pulling at his thang. Look at the dick. Look at the look at Duplass dick. Look at Duplass dick. Last on for the win, uh, and number one is Get Out. Uh, if this were the top five movies overall, though, he would have Brawl and Cell Block 99, Three Billboards, and The Shape of Water in his list as well. Thank you very much, Dan Wilson from the Psycho Symphonic Cast. Bow! There we go. He then later on went to say, by the way, if we want to extend that list out. Uh, I can give you a 10 through 6 and at number 10 he would have put the evil within number 9 would have been cut chucky number 8 would have been Gerald's Game number 7 would have (coughs) been the devil's candy and at number 6 would have been a dark song thank you very much for extending that list out for me Darren Wilson you saucy saucy minx Um, and the next one comes in from Sarah Sarah Palmer says hiya Duncan here is my top 5 of 2017 at number 1 the Cult of Chucky, an absolute fantastic addition to the Child's Play series. Without big spoilers I absolutely adored the passing of the torch and the return of the series favourites. Uh, it's always a welcome treat, especially, but still my beating ovaries, Jennifer Tilly. All the things I could do to that woman with a pot of Vaseline, duct tape and a large root vegetable. 5 out of 5 for me. That I, I, I don't know what to say to that, uh, except I would want to see that Sarah. So, book me front row tickets Uh, Number two, Jigsaw Before any rotten fruit gets thrown at people's listening devices Saw is one of my top franchises and has a lot of meaning to me It may be slightly dodgy in some areas But how you cannot get excited when you hear that familiar tune And the tones of, I wanna play a game I think you're talking about dun 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 dun, dun dun. Although I'm making it sound a bit more saucy Uh, And number three, Beyond the Gates this is a recent watch which skyrocketed to my top 5 at the last minute, fabulous throwback to the VHS board game fun of the 1980s. It's fun camp in a strange way and for the 80s horror fans it has a re- real retro thrill. 4 out of 5 for me, bonus points because of the incredible Barbara Crampton. Rawr. Right that put the rawr in but I think Sarah was thinking how much she typed it. Uh, Number four, The Babysitter. Another retro homage to 80s film. But this one really brought the chuckles and the only downside was I felt that it was going in one direction and it didn't and fell slightly flat for me in the last minutes. A three and a half out of five. And at number five on her list, It. The highest grossing horror movie of all time, ladies and gents, 700 million US dollars. Uh, It says, on my first viewing in the cinema, if I'm honest, I wasn't truly impressed. I felt there was far too much CGI in certain parts of the film uh, it was taken on rather grim levels. Example was shot out of Pennywise's mouth uh, when Bev attacked Pennywise but on reading the book I've gained a newfound appreciation for the film. I'm going to re-watch it and perhaps my grade will change in the next few months time but unfortunately I am a huge fan of the miniseries where the humour was placed first and then hit with a scare. This is certainly more effective in the fear factors, plus in my opinion, I know others may not agree, Tim Curry is beyond a shadow of a doubt the greatest Pennywise there could ever be. He lulled you into a false sense of security where Bill Skarsgård played it creepy all the way through which made me feel like there was not much depth to him uh, and felt that it was a one note performance at three and a half out of five. I look forward to hearing everyone else's top fives as we've got so much of a varied taste for films. Uh, thank you very much from Sarah Palmer. Thank you, Sarah, for submitting your list, which means we have rattled through everyone's. Well, we haven't rattled through everyone's list. We have an audio clip from our man that never misses one of these. Has featured in every single bonus episode that I've asked for listener input. Is our good buddy Lee Russell from The Must Be Destroyed On Site podcast,
3: and Lee says, "Hello, Duncan." Hello listeners out there in t land. I'm going to be giving my top 5 horror movies of 2017. I was originally going to do the suggested uh, just top 5 movies of 2017, but I've already done my top first time watches of 2017 on my own podcast. I'm going to be doing the top five time watches of 2017 for uh, badasses, boobs, and body counts as well. And I thought, thought I'd just sort of mix it up here. Uh, I mean, this is a horror podcast, so I thought I'd stick to horror and I'd just stick to movies from 2017 instead of movies I just saw for the first time in 2017. Anyway, get to my list here. Just doing this as horror alone and the fact that I didn't watch too many horror films in the first place from 2017, this at least allowed me to add a couple things to my list ...that were just honorable mentions in my big list for my podcast and stuff like that. So it allowed me to pare things down a little bit. So here we go. So my number five is Cold Ground. And this is a found footage film. It's very much in the vein of The Blair Witch Project with a little bit of uh, X-Files kind of stuff thrown in as well. Follows two journalists who are basically filming the scientific team going up to a scientific outpost or camp up in the Alps that they've lost contact with. And there's been a rash of animal deaths in the area. So they're going to basically be investigating that, investigating why they lost contact. And strange things start happening. They start finding mutilated bodies, including what seem to be human remains... Uh, It seems like they're being followed as they go up the mountain. Uh, There's a harrowing moment with an avalanche that is just a brilliant use of uh, the POV style. The, The excuses they have for the cameras always being on is well handled I think. So it gets around a lot of the problems that found footage films have. If you see the alternate poster for this movie, it gives away what's actually going on. So I suggest you don't. Just try to go into this blind. Uh, the acting is really good Uh, I bought into the characters and it was just a really good sort of throwback to really great sort of found footage films so cold ground, worth checking out next we're going to mention number four, Never Hike Alone the, I guess this counts I mean it's a fan film, I don't know if it's got actual any sort of big release I don't think that can actually happen without them being sued but really good better than about 70 percent of the actual Friday the 13th series itself again uh, sort of mixes in sort of the found footage uh, a little bit with just a really well done fan film that actually um, brings some uh, fan service into the end of it with a cameo and it sort of makes Jason a little bit scary again, kind of grounds things, makes it a bit more realistic, um, kind of stays true to the continuity. I put continuity in quotations there because Friday the Thirteenth continuity is dog shit. I'm not the biggest fan of the series, quite honestly, and, I mean, if you've heard my uh, discussion of the uh, Friday the 13th films on the movie club, you'll know that. But, yeah, Never Hike Alone was a pleasant pleasant surprise it's way better than most sort of fan films that sort of pay tribute to these horror franchises and it's well worth checking out my number three the netflix exclusive the babysitter uh mcg i'm never going to have 100 percent respect for someone who goes by the moniker mcg that being said this was really good it is kind of a flashy horror comedy throwback to something along the idea of uh idle hands which i think is a highly underrated film that was released at a really bad time that kind of sunk it but yeah the babysitter kind of reminded me of that uh it was fairly witty without being too cringeworthy and annoying you know this wasn't an annoying as fuck. This was a lot of fun. Uh, I do question whether this protagonist in this film would still need a babysitter. Uh, he, he looks a little old for having a babysitter. But at the same time, you know, I might want a babysitter if my babysitter looked like that. Anyway, it was a lot of fun. Uh, not strictly a horror film, but there's enough horror in there. And uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. My number two. Ah, uh, Mike Flanagan. He is yet to uh, fail me, although I haven't seen the... Uh, Ouija movie he did and I don't plan on seeing it honestly but Gerald's Game another Netflix exclusive and these Netflix exclusives by the way they need to be released on DVD this is fucking ridiculous at this point or Blu-ray what, whatever you want to fucking release them on Netflix you gotta start doing it uh, you got an untapped resource there for a lot of money uh, because I want this shit on my shelves I think Mike Flanagan just released a Twitter post saying as much he wants this shit on the shelves as well so there we go But Gerald's Game, great Stephen King adaptation in a year of mostly great Stephen King adaptations. Really well acted. The ending falls apart a little bit, but this one does stay true to the book fairly well. It does not shy away from the fact that the other uh, book, Dolores Claiborne, is connected. Uh, It makes some references there uh, for astute fans. I I enjoyed the the depiction of the killer... Uh, The stuff of the dog is really, really tense. Then there's the very, very gory scene that I will not give away in case someone hasn't seen it yet. That is just, ugh. Uh, It took me right by surprise. I didn't expect to see it in this film. And, uh, well, they did it. And there you go. Yeah, really, really good. Surprisingly good. But I shouldn't really say it's surprisingly good because Hush was on my best of list last year. And that was fantastic. Mike Flanagan's just knocking it out of the park. And my number one, Get Out. I mean, I know there's a backlash to it now. I don't really understand why, unless you're just a dick or you didn't get the film. I think it's a fucking brilliant film. I think it's an important film. I think, forget about the hype and just watch the fucking thing. Um, It's a horror. It's a comedy of manners. It's a little bit of schlocky sci-fi in there as well. And... It's an uncomfortable film, but it's an enjoyable, uncomfortable film. Jordan Peele doesn't really hold back. He, he gets right to the uh, point, and I can see why maybe some people don't like it. Some uncomfortable truths are probably brought up there about uh, people on the other side of the spectrum that you don't necessarily expect to be racists, but uh, are, and... Um, Yeah, that's about all I'll say about it. I don't want to get into a big discussion about it. I'm saving that for an actual podcast discussion at some point. But uh, yeah, Get Out, it's as good as the hype, if not better. And it is a true horror film as far as I'm concerned. Um, The horror comes from a different place for the most part, but it's still a true horror film. And, uh, I enjoyed the hell out of it. So there you go. There's my top five. And I'm looking forward to 2018. Hopefully I'll see more horror movies in 2018. I only saw, really, maybe 15 in 2017. And these were the only ones worth talking about anyway. And even then I was kind of scrounging, uh, for, for just a top five. So there we go. All right. See you in the movie club, bitches.
0: And thank you very much, Lee, for sending in those uh, countdown for us. That was brilliant. Thank you very much. I thought there was 10, turns out there was a lot more than that. I think we got maybe 15, between 15 and 20 people, submitted their top fives and beyond to the podcast under the stairs. I can't thank you enough for that. There was a lot of movies that featured on all those lists right across the board. There were some that I've never heard of before. And surprise, surprise, there were some that I had higher, some that I had lower, Um, and some that I didn't like at all but it is great to see like Sarah said in her review how varied the taste of the podcast under the stairs listeners are when we all get together and truly admit to each other and to the world that horror really took over in 2017 and let's see what comes up in 2018 I'm telling you right now ladies and gents there is no one more excited about where horror is going in this year than this guy sitting right here with a microphone and I will endeavor my best to bring you as many reviews of 2018 horror movies as I can and keep you up to date with all the shebangs, all the nonsense, all the shenanigans that happen over this year in horror. But I'm gonna take a final break and when I come back I'm closing out the show right after this. You're listening to The Podcast Under The Stairs. And you've been listening to The Podcast Under The Stairs. This has been bonus episode number 63. And you guys took over the show with your top five horror movies of 2017. Your compiled lists. Some people submitted more. Some people submitted slightly less. Some people went into depth why they picked those movies, some people just listed the movies, some people sent audio clips in, some people sent Facebook messages in, some people sent emails in, the variety was the spice of life and I can't thank you enough, everyone out there who took part in this, it's been great fun and uh, yeah the lists were brilliant and I've got a couple of thumbs that I did not see that I've got to play catch-up on which I always enjoy doing so I can't wait and hopefully you enjoyed my review of Insidious The Last Key from 2018 um, if you skipped over the spoiler section please come back and listen to this episode once you've seen the movie and see if you agree with me or not uh, if you want to kick up any conversations about that movie review want to start a dialogue on it please jump over to the Facebook group page facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash cast and interact over there but be mindful of spoilers uh, maybe create a thread that says spoiler warning and then write it in the, the comment section so people don't see much spoilers but yeah I would love to find out what everyone else made of that movie So we have three more episodes of the podcast under the stairs left in this month and I'm not shortchanging anyone, Uh, we're going out with fucking bang in this first month of 2018. On Monday I'll be dropping episode 132 which I'm dubbing the best of British from 2017, I'll be joined by Boz from the little pod of horrors, we'll be discussing A Dark Song which was in my top 5 horror movies of 2017 and a little movie called Prevenge which didn't make my top 20 but I loved dearly I thought it was fucking brilliant Um, on the Thursday so a week today the day that you're listening to the show that it was dropped we'll be doing bonus episode number 64 which is Movie Club the listener reviews you still have time you have about a week uh, maybe six days actually to get your selections in for this Versus series what I need from you I've only got about two or three so I need more people to submit uh, what is your favourite out of Dawn of the Dead by Georgie Romero and Zombie Flesh Eaters aka Zombie by Lucio Filci? Uh, you can submit it by email to podcastunderthestairs at gmail.com um, or you can drop me a personal message on Facebook. Let me know what you've picked and why. And uh, there'll be a poll going up on the Facebook group page for those that don't submit reviews in. And that'll be going up probably on Monday. Uh, to test the the waters to see where you guys come in it'll be interesting to see where that lands and then the last Monday of the month Monday 29th of January we return with Baz v Horror 36 this is The Masters of Horror Part 2 where the Baz faces Dim Stuart Gordon your pick ladies and gents when he looks at Reanimator and From Beyond we've already recorded that episode and I can't stress enough how fucking hilarious it is it may be the funniest episode I've ever done, and I'm not blowing smoke up your collective asses. I genuinely mean it. I was the reanimator review about killed me. I, I needed oxygen, uh, I couldn't breathe. Uh, it was absolutely fucking hilarious. The baz was in fine form, and you're all gonna love it. So, there we go. Tons of stuff to check out on Podcast Under the Stairs before the month is out. Also, I want to say there's been a recent uptake in uh, listeners from over the the waters in the land of the rising sun, Japan. If you are one of our many Japanese listeners, because we got a lot of downloads this month so far, can I welcome you to Podcast Under The Stairs. Thank you very much uh, for your support. And thank you very much to... I always mention America, I always mention the UK, I sometimes mention Canada, and we always mention Australia, but there are many, many countries out there that check out Podcast Under The Stairs. Do not be hidden join our Facebook group page, interact with us and just generally uh, be awesome because you guys are all fucking awesome. There's a multitude of ways to check out the show. The primary way that I would suggest is check us out through iTunes. You can do that very, very easily. Go across to Apple Podcasts, subscribe that way you get the shows as and when they drop, access to the entire back catalog, leave us a rating and a review. Uh, The ratings are super important. The more of them we get, Five stars, for example, the higher up that change charts were pushed for other people to find us, but also leave us a review. It tells us, well, tells people why they should check out the show. It's free for you to do, takes seconds, and doesn't cost you anything. It means the world to us. Podcast Under the Stairs is also available on Stitcher Smart Radio, SoundCloud, TuneIn, and Google Play. I'm currently trying to work on Spotify, but I'm not entirely sure how to do that. But I am working towards getting us on Spotify this year for anyone out there that listens to Spotify. Hopefully, Podcast Under the Stairs will appear over on that medium as well. Visit our website, teaputzcast.com. Visit our Facebook group page, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash teaputzcast, and interact with the baz on the twin prongs of social media sexiness. That's Instagram and Twitter. Both can be found at teaputzcast. Right, I'm going to jump out here. I will return on Monday. Podcast Under the Stairs, episode 132, A Dark Song and Prevenge, with special guest. But until then, wherever you are, whatever the time zone is and whatever you're up to in this big bad world of ours, please take care of yourselves out there, this is Duncan McLeish broadcasting live from under the stairs and I'm signing off. (laughs)
5: Look any further than you know. You open your mouth and all I hear is lies. You keep spreading your message that I despise. The game you're playing is so easy to see. It's just another repeat of our history. You talk about peace. It's a very strong word. It's always been said, but it's never been heard. High-tech weapons, I hear the reassuring, but i never seen a time when they thought a shit for it.